Okay, we're live, I think. Yeah, that's probably good enough. I'll turn it up a little bit more. I don't even know which microphone this is. Anyway. Am I loud enough? You are loud enough. I don't know awesome. if I am. But this is a special live recording of Dancing Around the Questions. Um, today, we have a plethora of people. Could just end up being one or two. Um, here to discuss a topic that was pretty popular on the interwebs this week, post-Elevation uh, post 2021. And that is the topic of being turned down for a dance or not being asked at all. And so we have, uh, first of all, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Anna. Uh, this is Perry, but she's too scared to say hi. That's for German. This is Perry. <laughs> Hello, this is Will. Hi, my name is Mimi. <laughs> Down on the floor. Daisy. Uh, my name is Warren. I'm George. And over in the corner, we have Amanda and Molly. We don't know how many people are actually going to get And Tim somewhere. <laughs> Tim somewhere in the house. <laughs> and that's okay, because you get older and you realize that Getting rejected is fine. It happens to everyone. But yeah, um, Anna, start us off. Um, it was a pr I, it, you saw the thread. Um, it was pretty lively. Which one? <laughs> well, there were several. I don't, I don't even know, honestly. Okay, it so there were several threads all kind of posing the question, what do I do if I'm rejected? And um, how should I feel? One of them was especially related to female leaders feeling yeah, very, very rejected as a follow. Is that the one the you mean? That's the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Mm. I think um, in terms of feeling rejected as at a dancing event, it's tricky because we put so much of our um, self-confidence and our, um, I know, emotions behind our ability to dance within who says yes to us in terms of when we dance, which makes it very, very complicated and very, um, personal when these sorts of things happen but I think at the end of the day remembering that not every reason is about you is really really important um, so for me I know when I say no to dancers there are so many reasons one reason could be Warren just put on breathe <laughs> <laughs> which he has done at many a Richmond social how, and how dare, you, how dare you say that, okay? I did it one time, and then, and then I teased it another time, and then I faked you out on it. <laughs> okay. So it could be that Warren's playing Breathe, and I've, I've just gone, no, nope, I'm not dancing this, or Despacito, mm -hmm. or some other thing that's been played to death. Yes. It could be um, that you're really sweaty, you need to change your shirt. It could just be that you need to take a break because you're tired, you're injured. I know I've said no to dancers before because I've been having moments where my PTSD has been really rough and the idea of a man touching me at that moment has been completely overwhelming and terrifying. So I've said no to men and then instantaneously said yes to the first woman who said, asked me to dance and that has, I know, hurt some male feelings. But at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on in that person's head. You don't know what's happening with them and 99.9% .9 of the time, I guarantee it's not about you. Unless you forgot to wear deodorant that night, then I'd say it's probably about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, 
Warren, you have the other mic. Um, mm-hmm. from a guy's perspective, has have you like have you ever been turned down or have oh. you ever turned people down? I have been social dancing probably close to six years, and it has happened all the time. Um, I'm not saying it's happened like a, on a consistent basis, but it's it almost becomes a regular like it almost becomes something that just gets normalized over time. Um, in the beginning, when you're a beginner and you're you have a lot of insecurities about your ability and what you can do and how you can contribute. And especially as a lead, there's that level of pressure that you feel responsibility for you and your partner having a good dance. And when you, when someone turns down, turns you down, you start thinking getting into your own head and thinking, Oh, maybe I'm not that good of a dance. Maybe my lack of ability from a technical perspective is not sufficient for this person to think that I can have a good dance with her. And it's one of those things that I think you think about a lot early on, but the more you get, you progress throughout your dance career, you learn that a lot of these things, so little has to do with you because sometimes you are like, you've just danced for 30 minutes and you're tired and you hope, and you think in your head, Oh, I hope no one asked me to dance. And that's an entirely self self thing, but it's a normal thing as a new dancer to have those insecurities go on in your head. And I think it's something that people will just learn to just adjust to and learn to experience as they progress. So the best thing that I found about, the best thing that I found that helps me with like being rejected to dance is just be like, they're fucking lost. Too bad for them, sucks to suck. They will regret it for forever. And I don't know if that's the best way to go about it, but sometimes <laughs> when someone tells me no, I'm like, too fucking bad for you. <laughs> this might be a little late in the um, game, but are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Explicit. Just I w- shit, 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 I, I should have asked shit, that early shit, on. Shit, but. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> Will said he had some F-bombs like, to oh, drop. Let's drop it. Censoring going on in here. Okay, I don't actually have f bombs to drop, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think that this has been summarized pretty well. This particular question, so maybe I can address the other one, um, which I think had more to do with um, not getting asked to dance, right? Mm. So I know, like, among different dances, there's uh, going to be different cultures, right? So you know, if you're dancing tango, the way that you ask to dance might be a little different. But I think what's great is that among most dances I've seen, it's becoming a lot more common for whoever to ask whoever. And like, I like to follow a lot too. So if I wanna follow as a a male, you know, I'm probably not gonna get asked to follow very often. So I go out of my way to ask people to lead me in particular. So I think, you know, if you're dancing a role that people aren't necessarily going to assume is the normal role, then just ask for what you want. And if you're not getting dances, then you're not getting asked, then go find people to ask. Which is easier said than done. It um, is. And and obviously a lot of it too depends on the, the ratios too. Like if you're at a dance that's particularly follow heavy, let's say, then it's gonna maybe be a little more challenging to find leads to dance with. And there's a good solution for that, which Perry actually mentioned a second ago. I don't know if you wanna say it. Yeah, I'll say it. <clears throat> Learn to lead. <laughs> Hell yeah! I think we did. Ladies, that. 
we did that in Australia. The female followers all just learnt to lead and we levelled the hell up and then the boys went, oh, fuck. And their <laughs> level all <laughs> increased really quickly because they had to catch up to the female leaders. This was in Sydney, Australia that happened and I've noticed that happening in different cities all over the world um, where the um, leaders have realised the followers who do lead are catching up. But another thing I might add on, if you're not being asked to add, uh, asked to dance, move. You might be in the complete wrong spot in the room. If you're standing right next to the DJ desk, likelihood is you're in the middle of all the teachers and middle of all the artists. And getting asked to dance in that space is tricky for anyone, let alone um, a newer dancer. So I'd, I'd highly recommend double check where you are and who you're dancing around and you might need to move spaces. I've also found, this is Daisy, that if I'm in a completely, it's so different being, say, in Richmond, where I know everybody, compared to DC's becoming more familiar versus if I go to New York, it's going to be, I mean, it's so context dependent, how comfortable I feel asking someone to dance or how often someone will come up to me. I mean, if they don't recognize me at all, don't know anything about me, I can understand why you know, we kind of gravitate towards the people that we're more familiar with, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But so I kind of have, like, I think of them as sort of little tricks or ins just to get to know people also off of the dance floor, which I feel like makes it, makes me more comfortable asking them to dance and also maybe makes them more likely to recognize my face, come up to me, you know, when there's, especially for follows, like five people standing there, you know, if you're, if you know someone, I feel like it, just makes it so much easier to then say, oh, we need a dance. So going to the workshop so that then you have a chance to dance with everyone you rotate with and ask their name and you know strike up conversations so that you actually know them. If you're at a Congress, actually getting to know people outside of the socials so that then you actually also like know them outside of the dance floor and so are even that much more excited to dance with them and build because it's all about connection so it's like all of these different layers of connection that form so I feel like I've once I'm more familiar with the scene it's like I feel so much more comfortable knowing that I can ask people to dance and also find it more common that people will ask me to dance and to piggyback off that as someone who has had a long history of having difficulty of asking people to dance it's something that's always been difficult for me to do um everything other things they said were so on point about familiarity and knowing people striking up conversations even if you're just like on a social floor just like striking up a conversation be like hi uh, I was like, hey, I saw you dancing. You were really good and everything. And just talk. You could talk to someone about the, how good the music is or where they're from, you know, and everything like that. And then just asking them to dance. That's happened to me. Um, but also something that I have found has helped is when you go out there and you do get the opportunity to dance, just have fun with it. A lot of the people, they start dancing because it's fun. That's a, a reason why a lot of us get into it. Regardless of what your style is, you want to have fun. And if you are giving off that energy while you're dancing of having fun, whether you realize it or not, there are people that will see it, people that will like notice you having fun. And whether you're a rank beginner or one of the best dancers in your style, if you are out there and you're giving off great energy and great vibes and you're just having fun and you accept mistakes as they come, that's someone that people will say, yeah, I'll dance with that person, you know, and that because at worst, you'll have a, a mistaken filled fun dance for 10 minutes 
And I think that's not a waste of time in any dancer's eyes. Yeah, I'll <laughs> snaps all around. I'll say that um, I think it, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night at this point, but um, there was one point where I wasn't like dancing very much, and like uh, it was again, it was a new environment, like like Daisy was mentioning, where I just didn't quite know what the I, I just didn't like quite know like whatever his skill level was. I hadn't like made that many new friends yet, but then um, I actually ended up leading another guy, and like we we had a lot of fun with it. And just from that, somebody else, after we finished dancing, somebody else came up and they're like, I've been trying to dance with you for so long. And, and like, it was just, a, it was, that, that was great to hear, first of all, but it also just ended up being like a really nice dance afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, it, like, it can just be a snowball effect where like if you push yourself to like just get on the dance floor, then you get that one that'll just link up to the other and then the other and the other and you'll look fun doing it when you have fun ideally yeah oh okay so to fill to fill the gap in the in the silence um but yeah that's that is a real thing it, it's something that happened to me um as well this weekend was i have been taking it upon myself to learn how to follow and um mainly because I want to be a more well-versed dancer, of course, us being... And killing it in classes, <laughs> of course. Look, it's, it's a work in progress, and I'm just enjoying learning the other side of it. Um, but I think really stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing something like that is something that really can open up the possibilities that you can do. I know that like they were talking about in the, on the Facebook thread about female leaders being a little bit of a... Um, it's still kind of one of those things that people are still getting used to. And as a guy, a lot of guys that are leaders are that start out, don't start out learning how to follow. So it's kind of a difficult thing to do, um, to learn how to follow. But that's something, that's an advice that I've been giving to people because I had, I followed a couple dances, um, this weekend and I had an absolute blast with it and I'm not a great follower, but it was to me, it's funny to me. I find making mistakes while dancing as a follow fun because I know that at the end of the day, most people, pretty much anybody that goes to these things, we all can dance. Like that's, it feels like it's kind of one of those things that is becomes normal for us. And so knowing if you just feel that confidence that, okay, I can dance, I can really enjoy myself, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone and doing something that you're not used to doing, i.e. the other part, it can be very rewarding. And I think the really key thing there, Warren, is that you're actually learning to follow. And that's an issue I find a lot um, with leaders is, guys, if you want to follow, you need to learn to follow. Because following is a skill set all of its own. And trust me, it's way fucking harder than leading is. <laughs> and so that's many guys very often will come up to female leaders, especially female teachers. I know, Perry, you've had experience with this as well. We've both been injured off this and they have never done a class as a follow. They have never learned to follow. They have no interest in actually putting effort into following and they expect us female leaders and especially us female teachers to lead them and that straight up becomes dangerous. And I remember leading you one time before you started properly learning and it was rough. <laughs> it, was, it was. It, it was. scared me and I was like, I'm not leading him anymore. And then you started learning to follow with us. Um, and I remember like it was maybe your second week of learning to follow. You'd done two hours worth of class and your following 
flipped to being super clear, super um, gentle. So even if you didn't know what you were doing, I didn't feel like I was going to be injured by your following. So leaders, if you do want to follow, especially if you want to be following the female leaders who remember we're half your size, please, for the love of God, actually learn how to do a lateral. Learn how to follow a lateral. I don't need you to be an incredible follow. I need you to know how to do the basics and to not break me. And I know from Perry's experience, she needs the same. You've had some leaders. What was that? What did the guy say? He said, what did he, say? he was like, okay, I want you to drag me across the floor. And I was like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Next. Yeah. And I think that's a really big issue, especially as me and Perry are both teachers. It's this expectation that we will automatically dance with you just because you're asking especially at an event where we're not formally on the lineup, no, <laughs> like, just no. Um, yeah, if you want to follow, please learn to follow. It's the same as um, oh, sorry. I probably wouldn't dance with a female leader who'd never done any leading. Um, one or two classes, like just literally two hours worth of training makes a huge difference in the level of safety. I don't mind having a boring dance, but if I'm having an unsafe dance, I'm out. Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, I'll just say being led is not the same thing as following. Like people think just because you're dancing with somebody who's a leader, it means that you're following. It's like, no, you actually have to learn to follow. It's not a passive thing. And it, it's, a, it's a mental thing more than anything else. I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, in, in learning how to follow, I've learned that you really have to have such a respect for the other side of the coin. Um, and because it's, working a different part of your brain when you're leading you're thinking proactively you're thinking this move then this move and this move and thinking ahead and where your partner is and in the space around you and moving accordingly to you know what your next move is when you're following you're reacting you are in the moment and you're trying to react exactly how your lead is intending you to and it yeah and being open and being open to being led is a is a mental thing that a lot of a lot of people take for granted when they are leading because they just assume I'm doing this, 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 and she's going there. So that's all me. That's all I'm doing. All of that, and it's so, it's such, it's such a um, such a meeting in the middle on both sides that you know a a, a fantastic follow can make a mediocrely look good. Um, I don't know about the other way around. <laughs> I I really don't. Um, uh, yeah, unless you're unless you're like a top 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 tier lead, and but it's not universal for everybody. But I found that I found that I've had dance with follows that made me look like a million bucks when I was two cents, <laughs> um, and I can't say that I've seen it the other way around as often. So, just yeah, one one um, concept that I've heard like a couple of times now, like or read about, is just how dances have a structure. They're they're like dances are essentially a language that you communicate through your body with. Perry's happy about that. <laughs> um, but they, they have a structure and the, the lead and the follow are both contributing to that structure. And so you do both need to do, do your part. Um, I think that's, that's something that um, maybe it was William during one of the workshops brought up that's, when like if there's some disconnect uh, at some point there or there's just like no signal being given the the structure of the dance should enable like that short gap to 
kind of be bridged until you reestablish the communication. And again, if you don't know what the structure is from the other role, it's pretty much impossible to bridge that gap. Like if you don't know where you should go, when you should go just for simple movements, filling those gaps when you have no fucking clue what you're meant to do is really, really difficult. And it's again, outright dangerous. It could be very messy. So yeah, knowing just simple movement, knowing simple following technique and simple leading technique. Again, if you want to switch, it can be just, it can be just as dangerous to lead if you have no idea what you're doing um yeah it's really really important just to take those first couple of classes and figure out where you're at so that you um can start developing yourself as that role there's a giant snuggle puddle on the floor happening so <laughs> we're just gonna all giggle about that every now and then oh okay so i guess just to cap it off since it's getting kind of late let's say you let's say not not just that you like you don't think you know very much but that you know that you're still a beginner and you have a lot to learn uh how can you like how can you get in there how do you um if you can remember back when you were a beginner and whatnot how do you like get over that i don't really know what i'm doing but i still want to dance two things for me Take a shit ton of classes and make a shit ton of friends. The more friends you have, the more people ask you to dance, and the more classes you take, the less you feel like you know nothing. Seconded. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call back what Warren said earlier and uh, and say that focus on enjoying the dance and feel you know. I think a lot of times we neglect that like we can actually talk to each other, especially like before the dance starts. So, like, let's say that you're a beginner dancer. It's okay to let your partner know that you're a beginner. Or if you're injured, like, please tell your partner that you're injured. Like, those, <laughs> these are all things that, that there's no reason not to say them, and it really helps make a much better dance. And uh, so, I, and, and just to tie it back earlier with what Warren was saying before, I think if you're, you know, a, a, you were talking about a, a really great follow dancing with a mediocre lead, if you're a great lead dancing with mediocre follow, I think you, you you can just as well do it. You just focus on enjoying it. And if you th think you're an advanced dancer and you can't dance with a beginner, then you're not advanced. <laughs> true that. Yes. That's actually that's very true. I heard something very wise one time. I was <laughs> dancing with a friend over there who's doing the podcast, whose name. We, <laughs> um, <laughs> we were practicing something, and he was like, I feel so stupid right now. I must be learning. And that thought lives in my head rent-free for, like, the past, I don't know how many months. But, like, it's, yeah, it's like working, it's like working out. Like, if you're not, if your muscles aren't sore, if your brain doesn't feel dumb, then you're not progressing. So, like, instead of being frustrated with not doing it right, like, take it as an indication that you're in the process of learning and you are doing it right because you're learning and you don't know it yet. Yet. <laughs> that was Gerardo who said that, by the way, in case it wasn't It was clear. Gerardo who said the, qu the quote. <laughs> Hi, this is Molly. I haven't talked yet. Sorry. I've been very shy. Um, but... What Will said made me 
want to add this um a wise person once said um and this person was kuna um that literally every person has a beautiful experience to offer and so if you go into the situation thinking about it as different experiences that you'll get to have rather than this person oh sorry rather than this person and that person they're really good I'm not really experienced yet or like um they said no and like taking it personally instead it's thinking about each person as a unique and beautiful experience that you can and and also you are to them you're a unique and beautiful experience to them. And then there's the third thing, and that's the unique, beautiful experience that you have together that you create that can only happen in that moment, in that space, in that time. So if you think about it that way, everything becomes really precious, whether you're a beginner or not. And if you're a really experienced person, you should have that mindset that will allow you to dance with somebody who's brand new too, because it's it's a precious moment of connection. Sorry, that got really deep, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically, I just wanted, I haven't talked yet, so. But she was, I'm George, and everything she said, yeah, was really true. When I'm dancing, I try to, like, understand what my follow likes, or at least listen to them, whether non-verbally or verbally, and just um, just feel when they're more relaxed and when they're getting more comfortable. And um, sometimes that takes time. It takes maybe a couple dances. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all, but it's just, like, okay like I haven't learned enough about them yet so maybe next time so understand that even if maybe there's a follow that you're dancing with and it's not like clicking right away it just takes like one or two I don't know dances maybe or maybe later on next time you see them you dance with them and it's like oh wow like that was amazing so I've had that happen so many times with dancers where I'm like I never have good dances with this person and then all of a sudden we have an amazing dance so that just that's fact yeah so well put. Beautiful. I have a comment too that I forget exactly what spurred this. Something someone said at some point. <laughs> but I think that for me, definitely maybe in the top three kind of important lessons or mantras or just positive affirmations that I tell myself about dance is that it's not about what it looks like from the outside. It's about what it feels like from the inside in my own body and in my partner's body. And then also in the connection that you're sharing in that dance. And Gerardo knows this from when I did my podcast episode with him that I never did any dance at all until I was maybe 21 or 22. It literally took me going to a, entirely different continent where I knew no one <laughs> for me to feel confident or just sort of know that the stakes were low enough for me to be out on a dance floor looking terrible knowing I would never see any of those people ever again for me to do it <laughs> I yeah <laughs> like I I have so much respect for people that had that start Zook <laughs> with people that they know and are friends with <laughs> that watch them be bad and know that their friends still like them and will still want to dance with them. I literally had to go to a different continent <laughs> to, to start becoming a dancer. Never, never <laughs> and it was so much because my only experience as a kid with dance was learn in a hip-hop class that was performance-based being up on a stage 
to memorize a dance choreography and then perform it and to look good from the outside and not, I feel like, like I didn't even know social dance existed and it's so different and beautiful and so much better for me and I feel like so many people because it's so much more about what does it feel like and how is it made, <laughs> how does it make your body feel and your connection feel with that other person? I mean, some things, the goal is also for it to be beautiful and Zook is very beautiful, but you can be following and, you know, it doesn't really matter. For me, it's very secondary what it looks like from the outside and so much more important what it looks like or what it feels like b between you two. Do you think that that feeling could be captured if people wore GoPros on their foreheads while they were <laughs> dancing with each other? No. no. I think the consensus is Yes, I do, because I've seen uh, Julinia and Hafa from Brisbane, Australia do a video for that, and it looked fucking amazing. And yes, they had GoPros on their head, and it was the, like the coolest friggin' video I've seen in a long time. So yes, I do think that. I shall. Um, I've talked a good amount, so I'll keep mine brief. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Warren. Um, but uh, I will just add the antidote. Um, something that always stuck with me, and it kind of helped me mentally get over a lot of stuff is no matter what where you're at in your dance journey it's okay it's okay to be at the level you're at because where the level you're at is a level that every single dancer has always been at oh no, yeah we've every, all totally sucked every style every person that has danced that style because unlike something like singing dancing it has to be acquired through practice through work through time and time on beating on your craft and it was like every dancer you've seen has put hours of practice to get to where they're at and you're just earlier on in your dance journey but everybody has looked like you at some point and it's okay so just you know no matter how you see yourself just know just you're just early on in your journey and you'll eventually get to the level that you want you just got to put in some more time and you'll get there i just wanted to quick make a note that it's also equally valid if you don't have a mindset of progression or acquisition of new skills, if you would rather just have fucking fun. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, we're allowed to swear, right? Yes, we've established okay, cool, that swearing cool. is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's important to understand that other people have different mindsets. Um, so if you have a progress acquisition of new skills mindset and you try to play or dance with somebody who has a play mindset exploration creation mindset you might find that you're not on the same page and vice versa right so this is why sometimes you need to seek out people who have similar mindsets to you like I just like to do weird contact improv stuff with people and so I enjoy when other people are into that too and like but yeah it's totally valid to have a play mindset uh, creation, improv, like, or some combination of that and skills and progress and acquisition. It's totally all mm. fine. I think that's totally valid. Like, as yeah. long as you're aware of safety and yes. then also consent, do what feel you feel like. Do yeah. what makes you happy. Do what brings you joy. Like, I know for me, I love challenge. I love acquiring new skills. I love mm. pushing myself and doing crazy shit on the dance floor. Yeah. But that's not for everyone. So a lot of people just like to be comfortable yeah. or be musical or be playful exactly. or be whatever. And so do just what respect other people's things. Yeah. Respect other people's things. <laughs> Any more questions or are we wrapping up her other? Um, I think we'll just wrap it up there. That was a lot of good uh, insights on how everyone goes about the social dance floor.
So, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Charlottesville, for coming out tonight and for piping in. And thank you, everyone from Richmond, for just coming on. I just kind of plopped my computer here and asked people to talk. <laughs> so I really appreciate you should, it. You should see him right now. He's just sitting cross-legged in between all of us with his headphones on. On the floor. With all his equipment around him. This is my, uh, this is my home here around a bunch of electronics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks again, and uh, that'll be it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about our conversations or would like to appear in a future episode of the podcast, send an email to dancingquestions at gmail.com. Our theme song is Kiss and Tell, Breezy Bosa Nova by Keshko. The photograph used in our artwork was taken by Ardian Lumi, available on Unsplash. Logo and artwork were created by Lydia Francis. Please visit our website for links and further details. Also, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our latest content.